Welcome, everyone, to another episode here in Puckburg on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network, the place for the daring, do bad, and good puck tales. I am your host, Kyle Sullivan, aka Shaggy Von Doom, with my friend Jason Hernandez here giving his episode of Puck Tales. Woo! How is it going, my friend? Welcome to uh, here in Puckburg, and it is an honor to have you on. Hey, race cars, racing aeroplanes. I mean, hello, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, uh, we just got the uh, new intro recorded. Uh, a brother has uh, he has some musician friends that recorded the spiffy new intro, so there's a lot of nostalgia in the name and episode name. Yeah, see, there's a there's a bird right here, <laughs> and there's Duckburg, so hey, it all fits. Yeah. And you are the host of Locked on Anaheim Ducks. Hey, how about that? There is a lot of connective <laughs> tissue here. <laughs> there is. And I, got, I see the Ducks jersey behind you. Yes, I have. To your uh, left. I have yeah. the D1 and D2 jersey. Nice. So I have the D2 jersey. That um, that D1, um, I got it really cheap because it's a Portman jersey. Nice. Which he wasn't in one. Look, he he served a role in part two. I mean, he was the <laughs> other Bash brother. So it's worth. It was. I was wondering why I got that jersey so cheap, but then when you think about it, you're like, oh, oh, it's it's Dean Portman. It's not Charlie Conway. Yeah, it's yeah, but it it is what it is, and it looks good on the walls. <laughs> That's true. Um, we wanted to have you on here in Buckburg. Uh, we wanted to get your backstory in the game of hockey and how that led to things that you're involved in today. So let's start at the beginning. Where did it all start? What was that moment for you um, that captivated you and got you into the game of hockey? Well, it started when I was a young warthog um, a long time ago. <laughs> I was actually living closer to LA and back in the early nineties, there was only one hockey team and that was the LA Kings, which is my original team, because there was no Anaheim Ducks back then. <laughs> Who else am I going to root for? <laughs> San Jose? No. <laughs> okay, what other team is nearby? Dallas? Oh, no, they just moved there. No. There was no Colorado Abs. It was literally the LA Kings, the San Jose Sharks, and no other team even yeah. close. So, of course, I'm going to root for the LA Kings when I'm a kid, because there was a player that had just come into town that everybody loved everyone wanted to be like was Wayne Gretzky who pretty much changed the face of hockey in the Southwest for that matter. Yeah. Yes. The, the Kings were popular. You had the heydays of the miracle at Manchester, but then you got into the late eighties and for me, early nineties, it was Wayne Gretzky, Luke Robitaille and someone that a lot of my friends wanted to be like Kelly Rudy. <laughs> you heard the Rudy yeah. chance at the great Western forum. So that was kind of like my start with it. So, you know, going to the form anyway, because I'm a big Laker fan, like 
basketball, baseball was like my first, but because I went to the forum, then it was like, well, let's check out games at the Great Western Forum. Then they had Kings games. Yeah. So that's when I really just got involved. And they were uh, a hot ticket when Gretzky arrived. It was. Um, yeah, they were. It was almost like a Laker game now. That's where the celebrities were and the iconic jerseys. And it was a beautiful marriage at the time with Gretzky those, and American hockey at the time. Those black and whites were gorgeous. Oh, they are timeless. They are so good. Yeah. They're, they're up there with that purple that uh that uh that burger king jersey at one point yeah. was also up there but i have a burger king jersey for what that's, it's worth but i have a lot of jerseys for what it's worth the reverse retros for the kings they are magnificent they are they they touch on both of those aspects yep. and they they did an incredible job and yeah. i think the ontario rain used that logo now if i'm not yes sure. they do yes so as far as to finish the backstory, when the Ducks came into town, once the movie came out and once the Ducks came into town, then I was like, you know what? These guys are really cool too. And they have awesome jerseys. You know, me being a Disney fan, it was the Disney thing. It was the jerseys. It was the movie that I loved so much as a kid. So that all kind of tied together. So that's when I started, you know, rollerblading and yeah. doing the roller hockey thing because we don't have a lot of ice out here in SoCal. So <laughs> that's that's how you start. You start with roller hockey yeah, as most of the hockey players out here do anyway yeah and and being owned by disney and being brought into the league that way they really rolled out the red carpet for that opening night and they, did. they went next level and i think that stuck with a lot of local fans in the area like that they're they mean business with bringing this team in it's not just a movie cash in this is the real deal yeah the beauty and the beast intro for the first game yeah how could i forget yeah, it was it's incredible and and you've um i know the ducks have had kind of an up and down just existence um talk about being a ducks fan it's not the it's not a trendy pick you get a lot of bandwagoners that will choose the hot teams but i have a lot of respect for those that pick their team and love them through the highs and lows um what about the ducks stood out to you through the highs and lows what carried you through what stuck with me was being a big fan of paul korea because he was someone that a lot of people identified with yeah. a lot of the minorities mm-hmm. in the area revolved around Paul Korea because he, he was minority. He was also a streaky good player and a very fast skater. So he really endeared himself to the fan base very quickly. And so the team was lying. But back then Paul Korea was the guy yeah. and he epitomized hustle. He epitomized heart. Uh, you go back to that 2003 cup final when he just got leveled by scott stevens <laughs> yeah yeah so, <laughs> i mean we don't like scott stevens around here but hey if it wasn't for that we wouldn't have had that iconic moment where gary thorne called the off the floor on the board goal yep. in that final that really drew in a lot more fans yeah they were some bandwagon fans but for those that just loved hockey you love that moment yeah it, it was then, an, it was yeah, an incredible I, moment especially the little that breath on the glass uh on the glass of his helmet yeah mm-hmm. it, it stands out yeah it was scary it was scary to watch yeah and then of course so after that was when the lockout happened and i did kind i did lose a little bit of interest because i don't like lengthy lockouts like that and i know that drew out a lot of fans yeah what brought me back because I do like both the Kings, like 
I, I disclose this all the time on my podcast. Like I have respect for both teams. Like mm-hmm. I don't hate, you know, either team. Like I don't hate the Kings. I never hated, I never hated the Kings nor the Ducks. Like I've respected both teams. Mm-hmm. And I think having covered hockey, I kind of take away like the fandom of it. And I try to like not be a fan because you know I'm like they're working games. Yeah. Especially during my league is like I have to disassociate myself with being a fan. Yeah. So I don't so I try not to think of myself <laughs> as too much of a fan because I work in it. But back then it was like I want to try to be a fan like of hockey in general when everything came back. But I couldn't help it in 2007 when the ducks did get over that hump. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to come back. Like, that first season after the lockout 2006, I was like, eh, not, not so much, yeah. like most fans. But once they got on that run in 2007, when they got further and further and further along, then I said, let's go for this ride. Yeah. Like, let, let's keep going. And once they finally got to the final against Ottawa, that's when I saw a lot of the bandwagon fans come out. And I'm like you guys don't even know who was on the team four years ago. <laughs> you don't, you don't know Soleil. You don't know Korea. Yep. You don't know the original number of Tainu Solani. Like, come on guys. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's one of those. I'm just glad you're here. <laughs> like, I'm glad they're there, but then I look, I, I hear some of them talking and I'm like, Oh, they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Like I say this kind of jokingly, like I, like I try to welcome all fans, but I, I always, like, kind of give like just a smiling wink where I'm like, do they really know the history of the team? Do they? <laughs> it's always fun to joke with them a little bit. Yeah, I can, uh, I can imagine. And, um, and speaking of Paul Korea and Timu Solane, they also were members of the Avalanche for a cup of coffee, and yeah. I was extremely excited because I also I mirrored that same respect and fandom of uh, Paul Korea, especially mm-hmm. just the way he carried himself on and off the ice. Um, he was incredible, and sadly their run in Colorado um, wasn't as anticipated. But it is a it's still a hot item to try and find that Paul Korea jersey. It's it still is. I it, mean it, that's the that's still the hottest jersey here in Anaheim too. Solani and Korea, those are the ones that everyone had when they were kids and that was the hot ticket as is the Paul Carrillo Colorado abs Jersey. Yeah. It, it's, it's still, it's one of my white whales that I'm looking for for putting on the wall. I got to find me a Paul Carrillo avalanche. Jersey. I've, I've got a couple, I mean, we could talk about jerseys on another day because that could be a whole <laughs> hour. We could talk about that. Well, going back to your fandom, uh, at what point in your fandom did you decide, you know what? I think this is where, cause you mentioned working with the miners, where did, do you want to take that fandom to the next level and get involved on more of a, um, on a more career-based level? Uh, it really started about 10 or 11, no, 11 years ago now. Ooh, time flies. Uh, when the Ontario Rain first needed some volunteer workers. And then I started doing like some stat stuff, but you know, we weren't getting paid. We weren't <laughs> getting paid yet because it was back in the ECHL days. Yeah. So we weren't, we weren't going to get paid or, you know, the first time we were there, that's fine. It was when I started doing other stuff, like started doing like some writing and this is kind of like going off from hockey, but about seven, six to seven years ago, I started writing for MLB, I wrote for ML blogs 
and did a little ballpark tour that somewhat got sponsored. Like I got like all these hits, all like a lot of attention from that measly little blog back yeah. when back when blogging was the thing. Yeah, true. It, it was that time between, you know, having like some stories and then the YouTube era. And just in between that for those couple of years was the blog kind of era where you want to read about everything. But I was good at multimedia. So I was good at like writing and good at like doing all the pictures. So I wrote I wrote some articles, uh, did some stuff for scout.com, for example. And it was just a fun time. And I parlayed that into other stuff that I was doing. Like I was doing a podcast called Touch Them All. I was doing like some other writing stuff. So I was, I was starting to parlay that from the baseball trip, which started off as a fun thing. Because I was only going to go to like maybe seven, eight, nine ballparks. And it turned into 15 one year, the other 15 the next. Wow. So I did all 30 in two years. Wow. It was a whirlwind trip. That's Inclu- incredible. Including a stint on TV at Wrigley Field. Whoa. Yeah. Man. So, so once I got to that, then I wanted to come back to hockey and, you know, going to the AHL with the Ontario Reign. And that got parlayed into doing stuff with the soccer team, the Ontario Fury, which that then went into doing some color commentary for hockey which then led to doing public address work so it it all just kind of like snowballed further and further and further and further along as the time went and since i know you're going to ask so i'll answer the question that you're about to ask what about logged on um i was approached for that a couple seasons ago because i was subbing for locked on angels uh my buddy taylor blake ward he was off on vacation so I said, yeah, you have this podcast, like this other baseball podcast called Touch Em All, and I've heard your work, and I've seen your work. So do you want to sub for me for a couple weeks? I said, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so Locked On remembered my work, and I said, hey, um, are you thinking about doing one of the Locked On gigs? And it was possible that I could have been the Locked On Kings host because I actually have, you know, like, credential like i've done both yeah. i've done both san diego goals and the ontario rain mm-hmm. so i really could have done either <laughs> one to be honest but it, it all worked out for the best because sarah avampato she does a fantastic job Absolutely. with locked on kings and then immediate email after that was like yeah like for the betterment of the network we definitely want you to host locked on ducks you're all you already like have credentials you know you go to like the goals games mm-hmm. and we know you're really good at covering minor league hockey and we could definitely use that perspective as well so do you want to join in and i said heck yeah absolutely yeah and you do an absolutely fantastic job um like an incredible amount of personality and knowledge wrapped up in that podcast and it's just it's incredible you do a great job allegedly <laughs> <laughs> and and the uh the uh the rare appearance on a uh, locked on kings but you know <laughs> not so rare these days <laughs> i'll just be honest <laughs> but, no sarah and i have become like good friends and we've uh we've had a uh, luck uh christmas ellie who hosts uh, locked on avalanche he was actually the inaugural guest of here in puckburg so we are you know we know the locked on network real well and 
Um, absolutely. If you want to check out Jason's work with uh, Locked On Ducks, why don't you go ahead and uh, throw out the socials real quick while we're on the topic? The socials. Uh, my personal Twitter is at. And I'll do that one last. Uh, the show's <laughs> Twitter is at lo underscore ducks, like capital L capital O underscore ducks, kind of like ducks. That's right behind. Yep. And the show is called Locked On Ducks, which is pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, like wherever, wherever you can find them. My personal Twitter is <laughs> at StimpyJD. I'll give you one guess as to why. <laughs> yeah, my favorite cartoon back in the day was Ren and Stimpy, the iconic 90s Nicktoon. Say what you will about Hey Arnold, which was great. I won that room. Rugrats was great. Doug was awesome. And so was, ah, real monsters. But Ren and Stimpy, that, that was fun. Yeah, it, Ren and Stimpy, it was one of those that stood out. And I think I appreciated Doug's theme song more than the actual show. So do I. I, I think Doug is definitely a close second for me as far as Nicktoons. Absolutely. And yeah, and um, when the when belly up took on this show and uh we got the name and everything locked away i was like i need to let jason know about this this is right up his alley so yeah it's um you know jason is this is you know this whole little like the nostalgia of the 90s cartoons and everything um imagine that weaved in with your ducks coverage you will you will get that. On. I definitely throw in some, some <laughs> references there. Like I throw in some references that 80s kids will get, 90s kids will get, 2000s kids, maybe. I'll, I'll throw in an iCarly reference once in a while, <laughs> which, which I got one comment saying like, watching Corey Perry in the 2007 Sonic Cup final versus Corey Perry watching in the 2021 and someone pointed out, you know, iCarly actually debuted in 2007, and I felt a little bit old, but a little bit validated that I made the perfect meme for that. That is that is <laughs> funny you brought that up, because that was actually going to be the last topic I wanted to talk to you about, was we're recording this while we're in the middle. This episode will drop next week, during the week of the 4th, but while the Stanley Cup play, uh, the Stanley Cup finals are going on, and I was going to ask, what does it feel like watching Corey Perry? <laughs> Every single question the past month has been about Corey Perry. Yeah. I knew it was coming. So let's get this out of the way. Corey Perry, in the last two seasons, has been getting $9.2 million to play for two Stanley <laughs> Cup final teams. $9.2 million over two seasons. And that does not include the bonuses, by the way. So he's, in fact, yeah. getting paid more than that. He's still getting paid. Oh to play in the Stanley Cup final. So it feels weird. I feel like I've been on several other podcasts because of that, like Locked On Canadians. <laughs> Laura's made fun. Of course, Sarah <laughs> cannot resist a good Corey Perry joke, as well as the other 29 hosts <laughs> on the Locked On Podcast Network. I always get a message every time Corey Perry scores a goal. He did the thing again. Corey Perry. <laughs> or... Six million dollars. It feels weird, but at the same time, he's taken on. I can't believe I'm saying this. He's taken on more of a mentorship role and a ooh, 
fatherly role. Yeah. In that he will try to impart his wisdom onto other players. Uh, something that I have noticed, I'm sure you've noticed, is every time a big goal is scored, you know who's one of the first guys to pick up the puck from behind the net? Yeah. Is Corey Perry. Yeah. Or you noticed on, I think, the Stanley Cup semifinal was Cole Caulfield scored a very big goal on an assist from Corey Perry. And right, who was the first guy to hug yep. Cole Caulfield was Corey Perry. I'm like, yeah, Ducks fans like him already. But it's a weird feeling seeing everybody else like him. Yeah. That's what's the weird feeling is he's not the villain anymore <laughs> in the yeah. league. It, it, that's uh we a couple episodes we had a uh, Callie aka Teeny Tindy on and she is a huge huge San Jose Sharks fan and we had the question about Jumbo Joe yeah how, how does that feel um watching everybody else cheer for him now that he's like detached from your team and I guess you could get the same kind of feeling from Chara in a way but I've a little bit it, we never as speaking as an avalanche fan we never really had that player go away and find success they kind of their star burns out and they disappear so it's this a, is old hat for the ducks yeah come on true. Shea, Shea theodore true Corey perry pat maroon who's about to possibly win his uh, third consecutive cup mm. yeah <laughs> we I'm took uh thrilled about that we took uh jean sebastian chaguer uh, i think about that time of the career run if i'm not mistaken or right after that but um yeah i've always wondered what that as a like speaking solely as a fan what that process and how that felt like the former players going on and <laughs> yeah yeah i just i don't know it's summed up very simply now see i can say this because i'm like this show we talk about all fandoms like i'm a secret new jersey devils fan like i can Mm. i can move and like there's my mckenzie blackwood jersey down on the bottom of the wall and i mean they're because i also like in baseball i like the pirates i'm a braves fan but i like the pirates for that same reason like i equate the soul (laughs) it's just that that lovable like kind of loser like they tried their hardest but can never put it together um have you seen them this season (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's 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 fun yeah especially uh, yeah and it's fun it's fun when they commit 50 million errors it's it's a blast but it's it's fun (laughs) enjoyable it's enjoyable sport but it is i I enjoy uh i went through that with the devils this year with um palmarian zajac being traded to the islanders for the for the yeah. for, for that reason of even from the GM's mouth of we just want to see them succeed, like that's how Ducks fans felt with Paul Mary is they wanted to see see him succeed with the Islanders because he was a big part of those Ducks runs when they were winning division titles. So that's someone that I actually did want to see do well because I felt like he was kind of robbed of that chance to play in a Cup final. In 2013, you know, the Ducks came super, super close to getting to the cup final only to get usurped by the Chicago Blackhawks in 2013. Whoever was going to win that series was going to win the cup. And we all knew it. Like the Ducks-Blackhawks series 
was the de facto Stanley Cup final, yep. no matter what. And it was a good series, but it was a heartbreaking series. And two really good teams, really good, yeah. especially if you go back and look at those rosters now. Like, <sighs> incredible. Man. And two stacks teams. Before, before we let you go, um, mm-hmm. just give me a quick thought on where you see the Ducks going forward. Uh, it depends on the Jack Eichel sweepstakes and see where they go with their pick, if they keep it. And if not, it's going to be how can they get these guys to develop at a good rate. I still think they have another year or two to go. And it also depends how they're going to utilize the cap room for not only this coming season, but the following season. I think 21-22 is going to be a big season. 22-23 is going to be even bigger because they're going to get that much more cap space. Yep. So I think there might be one more year of pain, but there's there's good times coming. It's just going to take a while. It'll take a while. Yeah, it's gonna it'll be nice to see the Ducks get back to growing in home talent, and um, instead of letting their talent grow elsewhere, yep. I think that was their problem for a little while, and it's good to see them going back and shifting their focus a little bit. So it's it's um it's really good to see. And yeah. Again, Jason. Especially guys, especially guys like Perot, Zegris, and Drysdale. Yeah, those are those are the three I want to see succeeding, put down roots in Anaheim before yep. they reach the point of needing a contract and then getting it somewhere else. Absolutely. I mean, they're going to have team control for Zegris for an additional year. So yeah, true. There's that. Yay. Yeah. And he's an, an incredible talent. Incredible talent. I just like to see him utilized, especially in Anaheim. It, they're due. Oh, watch him live next. If you get a chance, watch him live. Get there early and see his warm-ups. They are a thing of beauty. <laughs> yeah, he's he's going he's going to be a phenomenal talent. And if you have no idea about him yet, do your research now before next season rolls around. Yep. Uh, Jason, again, thank you so much for coming on here in Puckburg. It's been an honor talking with you. You're very um, welcome. The door is open anytime. If you want to come share hockey stories, we're always you're always welcome here in Puckburg. We'll talk jerseys at some point. It'll <laughs> be an hour long episode, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on. Bring it on. And uh to everyone listening here in Puckburg, you can find the show on Twitter at hpuckburg on Twitter. That's hpuckburg on Twitter. Here underscore n underscore puckburg on Instagram. And thank you for following the show. You can find us anywhere you get your podcast. And we'll be looking forward to you coming back for the next episode of Here in Puckburg, Pucktails Edition.